0: To Tales, Tunes, and Tomfoolery, starring Jerry Springer with Gene Galvin and me. I am Maria Corelli. We are recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience here in Folk School Coffee Parlor of Ludlow, Kentucky.
1: And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Judge Jerry Springer. Thank you.
2: Thank you.
1: Whoa. Thanks. Huge, huge crowd here tonight oh, at Folk School, Kentucky. Yeah. And, uh, hey, by the way, in. in uh, in a few minutes, we're going to hear from uh, Jamin Ziler and Ben Knight. We love those guys. They are two performers and uh, luthiers, actually. We'll talk about that. The guitars they'll be playing, uh, they made. And they're quite cool. Um, And Jerry's going to talk about the stakes, and they're huge in 2020 politically. So we'll circle back to that in a minute. Uh, Maria Corelli, our third voice. And we have two people that work with us: Maria Corelli and Casey Campbell. Casey's our music coordinator. Maria is our announcer and third co-host. And Maria is touring out on the West Coast. We we employ people that are very talented, creative, and, and people who can't ever be here. You no, know, they are.
0: You, they are usually it's, here. You, I'll tell you, no one hires like you do. Yeah. <laughs> what. What do you, hang around at Greyhound bus station and see who's leaving town and say, hey, how'd you like a job just before they go?
1: <laughs> well, if you don't know that Maria is usually here, the problem could be yours, by the <laughs> yeah, way. that's right. It could be a, an age problem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But anyway, Maria is normally yes. here, and she's touring, yeah. and uh, so we'll look forward to her being back. Casey Campbell, our music coordinator, same deal. He just did a European tour. Both of them are part of groups they both they both perform actually solo and sometimes with groups and uh that you know they're talented people and we love the association with them uh so the judge jerry show has begun yes and uh so oh. if you're if you haven't seen it's all over the country and as we record this episode of the jerry springer podcast they've been on
0: This is our second second week. Second week. So here we are on
1: Wednesday night, the eighteenth of September. So and I was telling Jerry I love the show because I have watched it and I'm gonna be serious for a minute. Your other show, the crazy show, which is still running and reruns. Yeah. I always would check in on it to be honest about once a year and I would watch a snip of it and I go, That's just so freaking crazy. Yeah. But yeah The Judge Jerry Show, (laughs) Yeah. 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 The Judge Jerry show is in most ways, very different, and it is for, I believe, most people, it's easy to check in on it, flow in, and I have watched big chunks in some days, you know, the whole deal, and I find it very interesting. It has the conflict of disputes, right, Jerry? Yep. yep. They're small claims court disputes. Yeah.
0: What's interesting, you know, when you have the, the disputes, the dollar amount doesn't much matter, the issues are still the same. In other yeah. words, you still it's a puzzle that you have to work out and hopefully come to a just conclusion. But they're just as complicated as a multi-million dollar lawsuit. It's the just, they're just different dollars attached to it. But whether it's landlord-tenant ten- or car accidents or... Or loans, and you thought it was a loan, but it's really a gift, and stuff like that. You still have to go through the same questions and, and figure it out. And uh, I, uh, just from my point of view, I really enjoy doing it. It's a separate question. Hopefully, so far the ratings have been good, so hopefully that continues. But uh, just in terms of, it's it, it's a lot more intriguing doing this show than the other show I did, even though the other show was intellectually very high. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, the guests were very high. And, uh, and, uh, and you were intellectual. I was intellectual. You were intellectual. Yeah, that's right. I forgot I had it backwards. Yeah. The guests were. But is, it's really, uh,
1: if you haven't watched it, I, I urge people, check it out. You'll decide if it's something you're going to watch on a regular basis. Uh, but I look I, good in the,
0: in the road. It's you don't, true. It, Yeah.
1: It's extremely well-produced. It is done by people that know exactly how to do this, so it's got a quick pace, and the elements are repetitive. You know, it's like, well, here's the situation, and bailiff hands Jerry the case, and he's off and running, and at the end of it, Jerry makes a judgment. And I have noticed, again, all kidding aside, you're very decisive now. Here's the way it's going to be. Bang the gavel, you know, uh, I find for the plaintiff or the defendant and move on to the next case. So anyway, it's, it's very cool. I... Hardly ever talk about myself on this podcast, and I think it's one of my strengths. Okay, well,
0: moving on, let's keep that tradition going. (laughs) As the executive producer, I'm
1: just sort of, I like it about me that I just don't come in here and start yapping about my own damn Well, you got
0: a very good big compliment uh, over the weekend. (laughs) Thank you for the setup.
1: (laughs) Thank you for the setup.
0: And I know that because it says here... Gene rundown. tells how he got a supreme compliment <laughs> over the weekend. Oh, the what? wizard,
1: they're pulling back the curtain <laughs> and showing the wizard. Yeah, no, I did. And yeah, the, What uh,
0: happened? Tell me.
1: Well, I do this uh, thing uh, typically once a month. We, we hit just about all of them, where when there's a full moon, a group of cyclists, and there's a group of us, we've been doing it actually for years now, and we get on the Ohio to Erie Trail, parked down near Cincinnati, and we ride for about 22 miles, start at 8 o'clock at night. So now that it's fall, it's dark when we start. And we ride back usually about 3 in the morning. And it's phenomenal because a bike trail, these are rails to trails, converted yeah, right. railroad tracks, pristine and beautiful and pastoral. And the ride back is uh, it's just uh, riders and, to be honest, animals. you got to k- kind of pay attention because deers can cross because they're out yeah. at that time of the night. Uh, it's fantastic and we go out to a spot we we go to the same spot it's on the riverbank we build a fire we uh we're uh no trace left behind people so when we leave you don't even know we had a fire we take out any garbage we may have brought in we take food and drink we lay out a big spread on a fallen uh sycamore tree and that's like a table and it's great The food is great, and it's just a group of men and women standing around, all cyclists, just talking about stuff. It's like an outdoor cocktail party. While there and around a fire, some people who are part of this listen to our podcast regularly. Mm. And somebody, and then it got contagious, started to compliment me.
0: And I was appreciative because Wait, I get and no they, talk time here. These are not people that actually listen to the podcast. No, they are They are listeners. They listened and they complimented and you? They did. And
1: they complimented me for my skill in lying. That was the compliment. You they are, gushed. They gushed on and on. Man, you are, you are the cl- best damn liar I've ever heard tell a lie. Yeah, well, you and, are, and you're this close to being
0: president. Yeah, that's right. I, I have the skills, you're you saying, to go into politics. slam dunk. But no, you are a fantastic. And I am, you tell stories and you just love no, me. In. Let, 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 yeah, let's be honest here. You, yeah. So we, in it's fact. It's a skill.
1: Yeah. And, and real fast, uh, she, somebody's listening and they haven't listened to all the episodes because they're all archived, jerryspringer.com. And we did a show where I came in and they were asking me around the fire, well, Jerry Springer was part of this, wasn't he? And I said, well, what do you mean by that? And they said, well, he was being a straight man. He knew that this was all BS, et cetera. I said, "No, no, that's part of how you do it. Yeah. So that his honest emotions
0: were kind of drawn in. I was totally drawn in. And For, then outraged when I said, this has all been a lie. 45 years you've been my best friend, and you I still can't tell. Well, now I know when you're lying. It's when your lips are moving. <laughs> yeah. yeah, <laughs> Thank but you. But you're always lying. Yeah. But yeah. I i was roped in. I really mm. was on that one. So we
1: put up, so this was, I'm uh, not going to do the story, but I claim something happened in the outdoors, kind of like the setting I was in around this campfire. And uh, one guy, this is is a supreme compliment. The guy said, I couldn't turn it off. He was totally drawn in on the BS. It was was sort of oblique, but it's like maybe there's a Bigfoot sighting. That's kind of what it was. Never use those words. So then David Pruce and I talked, and because of your very busy schedule, especially at the moment, you're out promoting Judge Jerry, and you're really on the road. So we uh, shortened the production schedule for the past month, and I said, hey, I did that same kind of thing on another radio show I did with my brother, Stupid, Galvin, Stupid Galvin Brothers. Galvin Brothers. Now, yeah. That's a wonderful title for a show, is it? Yes. That makes you proud. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the Stupid Galvin Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> so I did a longer version of it. We cut it into two. Yeah. So if you're curious about how, and I'm just telling you, and then maybe it's boastful, I can tell a lie. I can really tell a lie. So if you want to learn how to do this, and the children, if kids, high schoolers, middle school kids, if you're listening with your parents or not, check this out because this is a skill you need to learn.
0: Yes. Uh, Yeah, and and I'm honestly, I well up being in, in the presence of greatness. Thank you very much. You are the finest liar I have ever met. Thank you very much. And by
1: the way, the reason I did it, and let's be honest... Is Why? the pressure what that you, mean, you put on honest. me? You're a liar. Why <laughs> would you honest. say? Let's be honest. It's the pressure you put on me as the huh. EP. Now that's yes. inside lying as yeah. inside baseball, but EP as executive producer. producer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm under <laughs> such pressure to come up with material. Right, it's much easier to lie. It's a lot easier to write an article where you write all the sources, quotes. I've done that. Yes. you know, I mean, yeah, it's easier to do. Yeah. So anyway, I've never done that, by the way, because yeah. I freelance yeah. articles. I don't want to have them calling the money back. You yeah. know? No, but, I never
0: did. But that. we don't know if you're telling the truth now when you say you've never done it.
1: That's the deal with lying. That's what's cool about it. Yeah, <laughs> That is what's cool you about it. You never, never know
0: when. You never know. No, you, here's how you know.
1: How? It's so easy. Gene, are you lying? Yeah. No, I'm not.
0: Well, then you're not <laughs> lying. <laughs>
1: because you said to me when <laughs> we did the bit, yeah. you said... If this is a lie, I'm going to kill you. And yes. I said, I would. I, I said something like, yeah. I would never lie about something like this. Yeah, I promise you, this is the truth. And that but it had was me going. bullshit. So, yeah.
0: so even when you say you that, promise, that, even that when you of cross no your heart, that's not no Even all help. this, it's oh, still all the a lie. way to
1: uh, per, on my mother's grave, all that stuff. I'll yes. say all
0: that stuff, all that
1: stuff. No, don't don't pay any attention to that. You fool. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> to me, you're just another fool. Yeah. Hey, uh, question. The 2020's coming up. We're in the middle of the primary season on the Democratic side. We're actually in the primary season on the Republican side, but Donald Trump doesn't seem to have the guts to want to debate any of the. He's got yeah. two opponents at the moment. Yeah,
0: and he's canceled four of the uh, primaries. Yeah, yeah. So. And, and and the republicans just go well, okay yeah, we right. won't right, right we won't have it so I mean, what they're... do you,
1: what do you think is at stake in 2020
0: well you have heard me many times say america is basically an idea you know the idea that all men are created equal uh, as articulated in the declaration of independence that's that's the romantic view of America. Throughout our history, we feed this narrative, uh, with, that we're this exceptional nation with this beautiful idea of equality. Um, Lincoln said, this is the last best hope of mankind. We brag about our Bill of Rights. The Statue of Liberty, give me your hungry, your poor, your uh, huddled masses. Uh, Ronald Reagan saying, this is the shining city on a hill. Martin Luther King, I have a dream. In other words, there uh, there is poetry around this idea America, which we feed generation after generation for 250 years. We've been telling the world this, and we tell our own children this, and we get to believe it, and we get all misty-eyed talking about how great we are with our wonderful idea. The problem with this, romantic, uh, this romanticized narrative is that, and, and, and we say it in political speeches, we say it on the 4th of July, uh, during moments of crisis, uh, I remember with 9 11, remember the very next day you had all the members of Congress, Republican and Democrats, standing on the uh, steps of the Capitol singing, God Bless America. We were all unified. This is a country. They can't tear us down. We have ideals and all that. We teach it in our schools from the very first grade. We, you know, George Washington is the father of our country, and boys and girls. Uh, he admitted that he to his dad that he ch- chopped down the cherry tree, and his father wanted to know who did it. And he says, "Father, I cannot tell a lie. It was I who chopped down the cherry tree." And of course, as it turns out, that's a total lie. We made up that story. So we teach our children not to lie by making up a story, as you, you said, <laughs> said, said said before. You know, that's where we get it. That's where you got this lying skill, Gene. So it. In this age of technology with increased awareness of what's really going on, be that television, radio, social media, etc we see that our history has been truthfully greatly embellished. And much of it is sadly untrue. All these wonderful things we say about ourselves is our goal, is the ideal, but it's, it's untrue. And we just look at our daily lives and see that it's untrue. Now, in times of a crisis, this romanticized patriotism is perhaps necessary. I mean, if if we're going to call upon our young men and women to fight in a war, to make the ultimate sacrifice and perhaps be killed, you're not going to get them to want to do that unless you can sell them on the idea, unless they honestly believe that this is for some greater good beyond just themselves, that there's something at stake larger than just the individual. And that's why people are willing to sacrifice. And that's why throughout history, we need an emotional commitment to fighting in a war, which is why with wars, you always have patriotic songs. You always have the drum and the fife and, you know, everybody's... um, really getting behind it. And and, and oftentimes music is a part of it. And it becomes part of this attachment to the cause. They have to be emotionally invested. And that's why we have the parades and the speeches and the flags. It's understandable, all this romanticizing our history and our heroes. But when the initial adrenaline subsides, and everyday life and concerns set in, we start to see that much of the time we are not what we say we are. We honor our founding fathers as we should for their great idea that all men are created equal, and yet almost all of them, with the possible exception of Hamilton and John Adams, all of them owned slaves, and they kept the slaves for their whole lives, and they even passed them on to their family members in their wills. So, They knew, as they were writing these beautiful documents of our country and saying that slaves were three-fifths of a person, they knew they were lying. They knew that this was a little bit, not a little bit, was fraudulent. And let's not put all the blame on the founding fathers. We've had plenty of time to fix their hypocrisy And yet we didn't, even after the Civil War, after Reconstruction, after some of our constitutional amendments, we still had Jim Crow laws, we still had lynchings, we still had enforced segregation of housing, public accommodations, we did redlining, we still do voter suppression, and the unabashed racism and bigotry that is condoned and elevated from the highest offices in our land, White House included. We've made a mockery of the Statue of Liberty through much of our history, seeking, uh, you know, making highly unwelcome the Irish when they first came over, the Italians when they first came over, the Jews who were seeking refuge from Hitler during World War II. We had a quota system so the rest, that were coming over for their lives. We sent them back, and they ultimately were exterminated. Today, we do the same thing. We keep out the Muslims, the Mexicans, and on it goes. Even while we say we're this wonderful country that, give me, you're tired, you're hungry, you're poor. All men and women are created equal. We still don't believe it. We don't believe it. So, perhaps the most unforgivable romanticizing that I continue to think about and can't even conceive of is when we talk of the greatest generation, the generation before us, two generations ago that got us through World War II, God bless them. But think about this, which we don't talk about, which I can't even imagine we sent our sons and daughters halfway around the world to stop Hitler, to stop Mussolini, to stop what Japan was doing, to fight for freedom in the world. And then as soon as the war was over, these African-American soldiers of ours come back to the country where they fought Hitler for what he was doing, to his countrymen in Europe. And these African-Americans come back and they can't live in our neighborhoods. They couldn't go to our schools. They couldn't eat in our restaurants. They couldn't uh, stay at our hotels. They couldn't get jobs. And yet, they, they just took it and they have become throughout our history the people the segment of our population that most believes in the idea america i'll say it again african americans who have suffered the most in our history they are the ones that continue to believe that continue to struggle to get the right to vote to get around the obstacles that are trying to stop them from voting, that have throughout their history, even in our lifetime, have created the blueprint for every group that is discriminated against in our society, for every group that wants America to live up to its ideals. The African-Americans have set the blueprint by fighting in the courts, by fighting and getting legislation through Congress, through the state houses, by their marches on the street, whether it's women's rights, gay rights, labor rights, the rights of the poor, the rights of any other minority, they were all following the blueprint that was established by African Americans who have the most reason of anybody not to believe in the American dream. And there they are, all the time, believing in this country, and supporting it, and fighting for it, and we still, the irony is, with all of this they're doing, having every reason not to do it, we still have a government, we still have a president, we still have a Congress, certainly a Senate, that seeks to deny them their full equality in our society. It's outrageous. So, where are we? This brings us to today. Because today's younger generation, because of social media and more information about how we've lived, what our history has been, this generation knows as much as any generation ever that we haven't kept the promise. And so what 2020 is about, the way our country is so deeply divided, the way our romantic version of who we are is being so directly challenged, young people today are stepping up. They're stepping up on immigration. They're stepping up on guns on women's rights, you name it, this generation will either be the last generation to believe in the idea America or the first generation to actually live up to it. Yeah. <clears throat> Good work, Jerry. Yes. Those are wise words.
1: I want to bring up uh, two guys that we know well around here. We have uh, Jamin Zeiler from Aurora, Indiana, and Ben Knight from right here in Ludlow, Kentucky. And uh, I saw them, Jerry, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, performing with two other very talented people at a place called Second Sight Spirits, which is another one of the really cool places in uh, uh, Ludlow, Kentucky, and it is a bourbon distillery. And they were performing on a Friday night thing that, that happens, and uh, it was excellent. And these guys all kind of work in different blends, sometimes solo, sometimes yeah. in groups. Uh, and tonight we have uh, Jamin and Ben, and one of the really interesting things, when I want to ask them to do a song, is they're both playing guitars that each made. That's pretty significant. I'm sure it's yeah. done among performers who are also luthiers, and I know Ben is a very skilled craftsman, and he's also now working in the luthier arena, meaning he works on instruments. These guys have an instrument of mine, a strumming dulcimer that they're going to kind of take a look at. And it all happens in the basement of Folk School Kentucky. That's where this shop is, and they are the two craftsmen that are there so and Jamin you've put both of you guys have performed here before we love it when you come back so thank you for doing that and you played that guitar before Mm -hmm. and I'm going to ask both of you as you talk make sure you get into the microphone so we can hear this nicely but you made your guitar how long ago this one's about a year and a couple months old oh really so it's pretty new too it is all right and Ben you made yours as well and did that recently as well?
0: Uh, it was actually about the same time that one got built. Okay. Yeah.
1: So uh, I think that's amazing, because uh, Jerry played the guitar. i played the guitar over the years. We both suck, but you guys don't. You're very good. <laughs> but isn't it cool, Jerry, to see guitars that were you know, made by the people playing them? You just told me I suck. Why should I... Uh... <laughs> remember what i was saying earlier in the podcast i always tell the truth <laughs> yeah, right. and that, yeah. Yeah, that no, is actually, actually hey well hold on guys yeah, hold why? on one why? second check this out jerry tells me when we sit down to do the podcast before we turn the mics on so he's got this judge jerry show and he's out promoting it, yeah traveling around the country getting on all these big tv shows you're going to be on with kelly Clarkson. Yep. Who who won what America's Got Talent? Yeah, yeah, and she is a a major. She's a major, singer in the major last singing years. star. Yeah, major singing I star. I think
0: she came in second, really? but became okay. so popular. That's right. At that, and she became the biggest star ever out of that show. But yeah, the year she was in, I think she came in second.
1: And a spinoff of her career and all of that is she has her own TV show. Now she's going to be on to talk about Judge Jerry. Next week, yeah. you were yeah. going to sing. On the Kelly Clarkson Well, here's show. what happened.
0: They <laughs> what? called yesterday, yep. the producers, and we're going to have, uh, you know, you always have a pre-interview call that's going to take place tomorrow. But their initial question was, would you be willing to sing with her? And I said, how long do you want to stay on the air? <laughs> So, so what are
1: you gonna sing with Kelly
0: Clarkson? Oh, 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 oh. Does Jerry
1: look like he could sing like Kelly Clarkson style songs? Oh he no. Don't do it. If they he, don't, he he can. She's
0: gonna have to learn Love Me Tender, I'll tell you yeah. that. Her big That's was, the only song I has been gone. Yeah.
2: That was the big radio hit.
0: Yeah. Oh there you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Can we and we're gonna turn back to uh, uh, Ben and Jamin, but can we take bets on whether Jerry will mention in front of millions
0: the of podcast. people
1: the freaking podcast on the Kelly you know,
0: Clarkson show. You know, I you know I'm going to remember to do
1: that. Yeah, good. Well, if it would fit in if you're going to sing because yeah. you sing every week on our podcast. Well, last
0: week on the Today show, I failed to mention it. Well, no, that's I said I'm saying, but I did mention my grandson Richard was called into relief pitch yes. in the in, in the last two innings of the game. They had the bases loaded. For they, the
1: Yankees? He was called in by yeah. the Yankees? So really? On his <laughs>
0: travel team in Evanston. They called him in with the bases loaded. He yep. struck out the side. Nice. And in the next inning, he struck out two of the three batters he faced, and the other one popped out. So he faced six batters, struck out five of them. Good. Good.
1: What's that have to do with singing on the Kelly Clarkson
0: show? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but I swore I would get it in.
1: <laughs> well, mention the podcast on the and Kelly Clarkson And we do a show.
0: podcast. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm on- going You know what? I'm going to try to remember that. Yeah. And I couldn't It's like that's hard. Well, <laughs> Why is that hard? I said hard. couldn't even at Wish Beer. That's right. A few years back. Yeah, he, I was sent up there to,
1: to introduce the tellers. We tillers. made that
0: long drive there. And I was to get up there because we were just starting the podcast. Right. It was four years ago. And we were just starting, and Gene had me go on stage and introduce one of the, the acts. The Tillers. The yeah. Tillers. Right. And to
1: just the say, purpose hey. of being
0: there, yeah. mention our new podcast. I went up there, told a few stupid jokes, and I never once. <laughs> so when I came off the stage. How did I do, Gene? Yeah, you looked at me and you said, suck.
1: You, you didn't never in the pie, ne- and I realized. Oh God, I forgot. <laughs> is this hard? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I have a master's degree. I admit, but is this hard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: it was even such a great buildup. This is Tiller Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, I was, I was, was going great. crazy. He had, had all that, crowd he had all oh. that, all
1: oh, that. Oh man. Anyway, yeah. uh, Jamin, Dan, yes. what are you <laughs> going to sing? <laughs>
2: I'm going to sing a song I wrote about uh, six weeks ago called nice. Such a Long Time Ago about a, a gal I met uh, 33 years ago. Oh, that's
1: and cool. Unfortunately, she passed away eight years later, but all right. my life's been great. You and got it. Let's hear it. This is right. Jamin Zeiler and Ben Knight. Four.
2: City Candlelight Bar I was on stage playing music with my friends She walked by and caught my eye I was so surprised I forgot the words I was singing She opened up the curtain I see the sun. One day it all came to an end Those days are gone but I'm still here Forever thankful and I need to make this clear She opened up
1: Jamin, that is a really nice tribute song to a Thank you, to an old friend. That's very cool. And man, the guitars sound so good. I'm sort of glad that we knew those were made by you guys and because you, you hear guitars and you get we get a lot of Martins coming and going mm-hmm. from here because that's a big guitar and the has been our whole lives. My going back in the sixties when we were around. Yeah, early they're they're great music. guitars. But these those are beautiful. These are cars. handmade.
2: I mean, Ben and I each yeah. made. it does, doesn't minimal that tools, No, no CNC, no computerized. It's Amazing. The old, the old style of building craftsmanship. Yeah. So.
1: And that is not how. Uh, no offense to Martin. That's not. No, it's not they're how they do it anymore. Made. It's how CF
2: did it in the 1830s through the 40s yeah. and 50s. But.
1: Um, and do you guys believe that if you hand make a guitar? And, David, you're a, you've been playing instruments. You've taught, you teach music. You're a graduate of a music program, university level. Mm-hmm. Handmade instruments do sound better, don't they, They than do. factory-made guitars. They do.
2: They, just, they do, especially if the maker has experience. Right. And at this point, I, I do, and yep. I'm passing it on to well, that's my Well, it's fantastic. Boy. I'm glad we knew <laughs> yeah. it, because
1: you hear it. We heard it, so good work. Well, I love the
0: you. smell of the brand-new spruce in the guitars. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's yeah. And, and these guys are good pickers, too.
0: Ben Knight is a great picker. Yes, yeah. He's doing really good solo stuff. Thank you. Very cool. Thanks so much. In my high school band, I played the, uh, the tuba, and I never learned how to make it. <laughs> Playing the tuba.
1: Yeah,
2: That's a to tough one, too. Well,
0: how that, to make it, That, that is tuba. tough. Is Hammer
2: and
1: brass. Is that hammer
2: yeah. and brass? Mm. You neither learned
1: how to make it
0: playing the tuba nor <laughs> making literally a tuba. Make literally well. I certainly never knew how to make it, yeah. but but literally making a. Uh... Do people make that at all? Back in the old days, I guess they.
2: Yeah, it's it's a all lot of it is handmade because you have to you have to uh, use jigs that are you know big round pieces of steel that you have to pound it flat. Yeah. You know the round. Part of it has to be flat,
1: Very no cool. dings,
2: no little, Yeah, has to be smooth,
1: I guess smooth is the word. Yeah. yeah. Take us out, please, on Down by the Riverside, and if you guys will, let Jerry Springer take a verse, because it's the song he's going to sing next week on <laughs> yes. Kelly Clarkson's All TV right. show, <laughs> Down by the Riverside. I'm going to lay down my heavy low, down by
2: the riverside. Tunes and Tom Foolery recorded live at the folk school coffee parlor in Ludlow Kentucky thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening check out our website at jerry Jerry Springer
0: going to lay down my sword and shield down by